May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable before you, O Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us sit. I start by thanking God who has given us life to be together this morning. I'm grateful to the team that works in this church, Father James, Father David, Father Hanson, and this beautiful choir that we have here and team, and to all of you, our Christians, for keeping this a wonderful place of God. May I start by greeting all of us good morning in the name of Christ. I pray that today's readings will help us to reflect on our lives as Christians. The two readings that we have heard from 1 Samuel chapter 3 and the book of John chapter 1 for 29 onwards both talk about God's calling. God's call in our lives. And I love stories myself. In Africa we love telling stories. And I believe that this Bible is a story right from the book of Genesis. It's a story that moves along up to the book of Revelation. And in the book, in the Bible, this story has aspects of our lives there. You and me can identify ourselves at particular places in the story of the Bible. And so this morning, want us to reflect on this story that we hear God bringing to us from the book of First Samuel. First Samuel falls within the whole section of the historical books in the Bible. And at this point, we want to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be called by God? What does it mean to be called by God? Is it something that happens only to a few people? Or is it part of our lives as Christians? Both the Old and the New Testament texts focus on the call of God. They can help us to understand God's call in our lives. 
Now, First Samuel comes to us at a time when Israel was not yet a nation. Joshua, I mean Moses and Joshua had led them to the promised land, but they had not yet become the nation. They were struggling to be the nation of Israel at that time. And that strong leadership of Joshua and Moses was no longer present. So after settlement in the land, the Israelites wives were led by a series of judges, people that God will anoint for a specific purpose at a specific time, and then that will end the ministry. And then another person will come. Where we have in that list we have people like Deborah, like Samson, like Gideon. All these came to deal with a specific purpose in the nation of Israel. Now it was then a time where there was no organized religion properly. There was no organized government. And so we read that the voice of God was rare in those days. But God's revelation was not yet clear. People never heard of God properly that time. And so our text in 1 Samuel comes at a time when Eli the priest was presiding over at Shiloh. And Samuel, who as you are aware, comes from a family that is not known. Elkanah, the father, is mentioned a few times in the Bible, and that was all. And the mother with Anna prayed to God to get her son so that, because she was barren, and she promised that this son will be dedicated to God. And for sure, when Samuel was born, he was taken to the temple to stay there. Some of us might say, well, that looks very strange. But it is just like us these days. When we bring our children for baptism, for the sacrament of baptism, or we dedicate the infants, our prayer is that these children will belong to God, they will grow to establish individual relationship with God. And in those days, that was normal for what we see here, Samuel being taken to stay at the temple with a priest Eli. And so, God calls Samuel, but Samuel did not understand. Voice comes and says, Samuel, Samuel. Boy runs to see whether it was Eli calling him. Three times. And even Eli was not clear about what was happening. Which tells us that that time the word of God was very rare 
Even the priest was not aware. Until later on, he said, Go, and when he calls again, say, Lord, your servant is listening. And of course, he did that, and God spoke to him and gave him a very difficult message. Very difficult message. Now, what does this mean to us? It means that there are times when we as a community, for example, Christians, we may not be able to discern the calling of God among us. Or as an individual, you may not be able to discern the calling of God upon your life. God calls us in different ways. And sometimes it is important that we help each other to discern that calling. Just like Eli helped this young boy to understand that God was calling him. It's our duty as well, as a church, to identify God's calling upon some of the people in the church and encourage it. It's also our duty to be close to God in a way that helps us to understand God's calling in our own individual lives. God is calling us every moment in our different situations. In my own life, I didn't know God was calling until a specific time when I realized, yes, this is a call for me to get full time into the church and serve God. But it also helped me as I was working with the elders in our village churches to encourage me that yes, this is where God is calling you to serve. Let's <coughs> together as we stay as a wonderful community, every moment discern the voice of God and the calling upon us as individuals or as a community. The second thing that I notice here is that Samuel was not from an established family. But God calls him. He was from Elkanah, who is not known. He was not a son of a priest. But God does the unexpected. He can call anyone. So the children of uh, Eli were not called, who had a birthright to succeed their father. But God identified this Samuel. Just like he had done with David, he will do with David, with Moses and all that. So God's work 
is unexpectedly surprising. And he can surprise us because of his love upon us. Now, God is calling us, and in that call, he gives us what to do. You know the calling is not for nothing. It is a message given. And sometimes it's a very difficult message. When Jeremiah was called, he was told, go and destroy, and then rebuild. It's a message that sometimes has to disturb the system. And I think for those who have served in the church for a long time, either as priests or bishops, they, are, they can testify to some of these very difficult situations where God directs them to confront certain situations that are difficult. Samuel was given a message to tell Eli that God would destroy his family because they had not followed his word. A very difficult message because Eli was like the custodian of Samuel. But the message had been delivered. But there are also times when this message is given for guidance. For guidance that it might be pastoral to help people grow. And so let us listen to God. Let us listen to God as a community. Let us listen to God as individuals. And encourage the younger ones in our midst. I was very impressed during the Christmas season when I saw our children here enacting the Christmas story. That was wonderful because these young minds will grow up making that as part of their calling. A lot has happened because of what they have acted here in their minds. So that's one way of us encouraging our people in the community to listen and hear the voice of God. Now, this text of Samuel connects very well with the text that we have in 1st John. But 1st John is not just one person. Jesus comes on the stage and John the Baptist identifies him, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. And of course John had been given signs of, of what he would expect. That a dove would have to come on him. And that's the one that God has sent. And so when John saw Jesus, he was with his, with his disciples like Andrew. He pointed at Jesus and said, the Lamb of God. And for those who are with John, 
That was the call. They followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. Andrew went there and said, Lord, we are looking for a teacher. Where do you stay? Now, I want us to take this word by Jesus. When they asked, Lord, where are you, where are you staying? Jesus said, come and see. Come and see. Now, that's important because we come to Jesus. And what we see changes our lives. So when the disciples who are called for the first time, when John pointed to Jesus, first day they went and stayed with Jesus for a day. And the following day, Andrew goes to call his brother because he had seen something very special about this person, Jesus. So when Philip was calling Nathaniel, for example, he told Nathaniel, come and see. Although, of course, Nathaniel was not, was very skeptical because he didn't believe something good will come out of Nazareth. But Philip told him, come and see. My brothers and sisters, friends, were asked to come to Jesus and see. We are called first to be with Jesus, be part of his company, experience his presence and his serving power because he is the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that washes away our sin. Second, as we become part of Jesus' company, we are also sent by him. Because as a company of Jesus, we see Jesus doing wonderful things. One, he heals the sick. He feeds the hungry. He even raises the dead. And he teaches with authority about the kingdom of God. All these things are ours as a church because we have come to be with Jesus. Well, we may not resurrect people now. We have a special ministry from Jesus whom we are staying with to take out the word of God powerfully, to preach it. We have the capacity as followers of Jesus to bring a healing word to a hurting world. We have the capacity <coughs> as a member of the community of Jesus to bring pastoral care to all of us in families or at individual level. And so in that second reading, we are invited to come to Jesus and see to see what Jesus has done and also to go out and do as he has done. He sends us. That's why at the end, 
book of Matthew, just before his resurrection, after his resurrection and coming back, Jesus says, go out, preach the word up to the end of the world. He gives us the mission to go out and spread the gospel, the good news. Now, this good news is something that the church possesses and no other person has. There's no other community that has the good news, which the world so much needs. The good news about our lives, about our salvation. It is us who have received the calling of God that possess this good news. Good news to a hurting world is part of what we have been sent out to spread. Of course, as I said, receiving the call and going to work on it is a challenge, it's a difficult job. But we have to do it. Because Jesus at the end says, but I will, I will be with you to the end of the world. He never leaves us. Jesus will accompany us in this ministry of sharing his word. He will accompany us to fulfill the call that he has given us. He will accompany us even now as we look forward in this new year that we have embarked on 2024. That in our different contexts as Christians, as a church, God is with us. Taking us through the calling that we have received, the specific calling or the general calling that we have as a church, God is going to work with us. I'm impressed by this church, especially when we read the Gospel of John at the end of our service. And the last sentence says, Jesus came to be among us. We beheld him. The word was full of grace and truth. These two words are crucial. Grace and truth. Grace because we need him. We need his capacity, his power to execute our calling. Truth because there's a judgment and therefore we have to balance the two. But above all, God incarnate is with us to help us fulfill the calling that he has given us. And so may the Lord be with us as we keep this calling, as we work on the calling that we have received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.